0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual, recapping a narrow 27 to 20 win for the BYU football program over UTSA. What do we take away after reviewing the film? Well, I'll have some thoughts on that. We'll pass along to you. We'll also talk about BYU moving up in the national polls from number 15 in both polls to number 14 in the AP poll and number 13 in the coaches poll. Apparently, you win, you still move up. We'll talk about all of it ahead on today's show. Our title sponsor today is our good friends at Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, save yourself 20% on your next order all right with that rundown out of the way let's get to it here this is the locked on cougars podcast for october 12th 2020 mm-hmm. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast, focused on the BYU Cougars. A lot to get to, but let's start off here. BYU, as you probably should know, if you don't already, I'm surprised you're listening to this podcast, but the Cougars escape with a 27-20 victory over UT San Antonio Saturday afternoon at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And I have to say, folks, Watching that game in person and going back and watching it again on TV, the rebroadcast, I guess, is what I'll call it. I watched it on my DVR, whatever you want to term it. But I came away from that less than impressed with BYU and their overall execution. I tweeted out uh, probably midway through the fourth quarter last week, and it looks like BYU is a little bit on the ropes. And I said, to BYU drink the poison? And many of you responded, yes. Here's the thing. It's hard to ignore all of the outside chatter that was going on for BYU last week. I think the game Saturday was a game that BYU, maybe in the past, without a bunch of upperclassmen who have seen the struggles of past seasons, possibly loses. They nearly yacked up a lead, uh, that onside kick nearly was recovered by UTSA, I'm still convinced that I, I don't know if football players, for whatever reason, they lose track of, hey, I'm the receiving team. I can go get this ball at any point. I think they still have it stuck in their heads. This ball's got to go 10 yards and then we can go get it. That needs to be made very clear to players if you're on a receiving hands team that as soon as the ball is kicked, if you have a chance to go stab that ball, recover it, go get it. Uh, Luckily, obviously, BYU gets that ball back, and then they have the roughing the punter penalty, which was absolutely roughing the punter. You can't come in and just knock Ryan Rico's legs out from underneath him, and BYU escapes with the 27-20 victory. There's a podcast I've been listening to for probably a decade at this point in my life. It's 2020. I probably discovered them in 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Yeah, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. It makes me feel old. Spare me that. But... It's called the solid verbal and Ty Hildebrandt and Dan Rubenstein, they've been the duo that hosts that podcast or one of my podcast idols. I fail in so many ways as compared to what those two gentlemen do, but they have an interesting saying and usually it comes from Dan Rubenstein. He has a very good point that I think applies here for BYU football. We'll get to some of my specifics of what I took away from the game for BYU, especially after rewatching it here in a moment. But Dan has an interesting point that he likes to make and he calls it win your clunkers. He says that every good team has games or a game that comes up during the midst of their season that they struggle. They just can't get things going, or it's just a herky jerky up and down type of game where they can't really get much of a flow, if any, at all. And this was that game for BYU. And Dan's point is you're going to have these games, but good teams win those games, they find a way to win. And that's exactly what BYU did on Saturday afternoon. Lowell Narcisse, he looked every bit the four-star ESPN 300 prospect that went to LSU in that second half. 17 of 20 in the game, just could not uh, be stopped. And I have to say, this was a game that I think in previous years, and I know I'm not the only one saying this, I've heard some other people make this point on social media and the like, that BYU may have lost this game a year or two ago. It's one of those games that BYU just could not get untracked and could not get out of their own way in certain situations, and they might have lost this in the past. I think it's a mark that BYU is a markedly better team, the fact that they found a way to win this victory. Now, they have a short week this week going into the game against Houston. uh, BYU ranked number 14 in the AP poll yesterday. After some shenanigans, a voter left BYU off of his ballot, then went back and added BYU to it. It gave them enough votes to pass Auburn for the number 14 slot after originally being number 15 and remaining static there. But nonetheless, BYU is a top 15 team, also number 13 in the coaches' polls They get ready for Houston this week. I think this is going to be the ultimate test of BYU season on a short week traveling to another time zone down to Houston, Texas to face off against a team that put up 49 points despite having five turnovers in their season opener. Dana Holgerson's squad has a lot of athletes. We'll talk more about them later this week. One name to pay attention to in particular going into this game, Marquez Stevenson. He is probably the best wide receiver BYU has seen so far this year. Very impressed with him. But getting back to my original point is BYU now has to get back to work. They have to buckle down and understand, you know what? We didn't play our best, but we still found a way to win that game against UT San Antonio. Take something from that. Obviously, you're upset that it was as close as it was when you were installed as a 34 and a half point favorite. I think it dropped to 34, maybe just before kickoff. You were supposed to win this game by five touchdowns. You didn't. You struggled. You struggled. Play calling was out of sync. You guys' overall play was out of sync. I think a number of players picked up dings and dents in this game. I have to say UT San Antonio might have been the most physical team BYU's faced all year. And that's a credit to Coach Trailer and his squad. They really came to play. And I think BYU, they got a big test on their hands coming up this week. I think the positive news is there should be some reinforcements coming for BYU in the form of a guy like James Empey, who we saw warm up for BYU against UTSA, but ultimately uh, set out the game. Uh, Joe Tuguafu making his second career start in as many games for the Cougars at center. I think a guy like him should be expected to come back. I'm still waiting at some point here in the next weeks, I hope, or maybe this week, to see Sione Fino make his season debut. He has been playing on the scout team for BYU for weeks now. He has been fully cleared to practice with the team. It's only a matter of time before he's fully cleared. I'm going to hopefully get some clarification on that from our practice insiders of this week, hoping to see him out there. So BYU escaped. There's no doubt about it. That was not their finest outing and they won the game. That is a feather in the cap of this BYU football program. They have taken a step, I feel like, as a program to where, you know what, We didn't have a good game, but we still found a way to win it. That is the mark of a good team. And as Dan Rubenstein Rubenstein will say forever, we'll try to get him on this podcast at some point. Win your clunkers, leave it in the past, move on and focus on the next opponent. BYU's 4-0, folks. Let's celebrate that. That is a positive sign. They've not been 4-0 since uh, the Taysom Hill 2014 was the last time. And then obviously get to 5-0 this week, potentially. That'd be the first time since 2008. BYU's in some pretty rarefied air as compared to what they normally have done in recent memory when it comes to their 4-0 record. Now they get ready on a short week for a game against Houston. We've been breaking it down all week long. Obviously on tomorrow's podcast, we'll have recap of what Kalani Sitake and his players said during their media availability today. Weekly press conference for Coach Sitake and his players. So We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show as we get you ready for a game on Friday night. All right, coming up here in just a second. We'll turn my attention back to UTSA for a moment. I had some takeaways after re-watching the film from this game that I think you guys may find of interest. Stuff that I like to go back. I like to look at the game a second time after watching it the first time. I have my initial reactions. and Then I come back with my secondary reactions, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll call it. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you, though, by our good friends at Built Bar, guys. Built Bar, one of my favorite companies I've ever come in contact with. They have protein bars that taste legitimately like candy bars, and they are the best protein bars on the market, folks. We've been with these guys for months now. I think actually going on a year at this point, I think. But I love this company. They have 18 unique flavors, no matter what you guys like, whether it's nut flavors, non nut flavors, fruit flavors. No matter what it is, they've got a flavor for you. And these protein bars, they're absolutely incredible. High protein, high fiber, low sugar, low fat. They are here to help you guys, whether you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, no matter where you're at in life's health journey, they can help you out. Go to builtbar.com. You can learn more about the revamped Built Bar. They recently relaunched them, and they're absolutely incredible. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar, guys. They are the best of the best, and I, you can take that to the bank. I promise you. You will really enjoy them. If you go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. It's a significant savings, whether you're a first-time buyer or a long-time purchaser like myself. Go to builtbar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C. C-K-E-D-O-N. Get 20% off your next order, guys. Built Bar, best tasting protein bars on the market. You can take it to the bank. Try it out. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on and save yourself 20%. All right, guys, let's talk about some of the good and bad I took away from the UTSA game after re-watching the game for a second time. Obviously, I was there in person at Lavelle Edwards Stadium watching from the press box and It was not pretty watching in person and a second time watching the game. Some of you may have done this. Other ones of you may have wanted to burn that tape figuratively and literally. But I took away some things from this that I feel like BYU can correct. One thing first off here is Neil Pau'u actually had a great uh, situation, I feel like, in this game. Obviously, you don't want to fumble on BYU's first drive. Who knows what might have happened had BYU just marched right down the field, scored a touchdown, and really set the tone in this game. Some of you tweeted at me. I think David Huckville, my good friend, tweeted at me and said, they scored that touchdown. It's a completely different game. BYU probably covers the spread in his mind, and I don't know how you would know that, but regardless, I think it would have been a different type of game had BYU got down and scored. Neil unfortunately, carried that ball like a loaf of bread, tried to kind of do an okey-doke over the top of the defender. The defender's hand comes up and pops the ball out, and it's recovered. It's a big play in the game. I think it really flipped the momentum all of a sudden early on in that game to UTSA. I think they built on that throughout the game. They got their backs into a corner, but they kept fighting out of it. And it's a big credit to Coach Trailer and what the UTA, UTSA Roadrunners are trying to build here. This is a program, folks, that has not had much time on the field together, but they have a lot of fight in them they were the best team in the trenches BYU has seen all year long, both offensively and defensively, the interior of BYU's defensive line, not, not their defensive line, the offensive line, excuse me, struggled mightily in this game. If you look at pro football focus, you go on their player rankings. Joe Tukuafu and Clark Barrington, who's actually been one of BYU's best offensive linemen, had two of their worst outings in BYU season to, to date. They were sub-50 scores in this, and uh, similar to what you'd have in school sub 50s, like a failing grade it was not a good outing for BYU and the interior of their offensive line. But the b- best part is you won the game and now a guy like coach Mateos can go and bark at his guys and say, you know what? You drank the poison. Now you got to fix it. I think that they will learn from that. But watching this game, Nil Pau, had he scored that touchdown or be helped BYU score the touchdown, his turnover, I think really set a tone in this game for a negative tone but it had BYU scored that touchdown, it's probably a different game. The good news is, Neil came back from that, scored one of the highlight reel catches we've seen in some time, getting both toes down, it looked like, on that touchdown catch. That was a superb catch and effort to get his toes down and score that. I felt like Zach Wilson was just throwing it up there just to throw it up there, and Neil goes up and gets it. He goes go-go gadget arm, gets those feet down, and scores the touchdown. That was an impressive play. I felt like Neil Pau'u really showed the resiliency that BYU is showing as a program in winning this game. Going back to what we talked about earlier, win your clunkers. Neil Pau'u could have pouted. He could have gone over the sideline, let that fumble get into his head, and could have struggled. The rest of the game, I felt like Neil was absolutely lights out, making clutch catches. Of course, that touchdown catch, the biggest of them in the win. I think his own efforts in this game... A bad mistake early on, but coming out to have a strong finish to the game shows that this program has taken a turn under Kalani Sitake. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But that's my gut feeling on this, and I go a lot on gut. I know that I like to watch with my eyes and kind of do with things like that, but I also have to certain things I look at. I think this BYU football program, folks, This has turned a corner. They have turned a corner under Kalani Sitake, and they're no longer the team that, yeah, Toledo and UMass and some of these losses that plagued them in the past, I feel like those are going to start going away here. Like I said, I could be wrong about that, but my gut tells me I think that they turned a corner, especially in a game like this against UTSA. So as I also mentioned, I kind of made my second point already. I felt like the interior, just the overall trench play for both uh, UTSA and BYU was advantage UT San Antonio. They were very, very good in the trenches. They were physical. They brought everything that they could. They brought blitzes, stunts, twists, everything you could see from a defensive line and a defensive front seven was brought against BYU's offensive line. And they struggled, especially on the interior. Getting a guy like James Empey back, I think would go a long way to helping BYU bolster their confidence in that offensive line moving forward. On the opposite side of things, I feel like watching BYU's defensive line in this game, they lacked the punch that they had earlier on in the season. The first three games of the year, BYU was getting home and getting sacks with three and four-man pressures. Not so against UT San Antonio. They had the one sack late, and it was a big sack. Obviously, Gabe Summers coming up with it. But BYU went to that four-man front and for whatever reason could not generate a pass rush. And I think a big credit goes to UTSA. That offensive line worked as a unit, uh, speaking of the Roadrunners' offensive line. As I said, I think this is the best team in the trenches that I have seen uh, in terms of BYU's opponents so far this year. Navy is kind of a weird thing because they didn't have any opportunity to hit each other, so whatever, but especially as compared to Troy and Louisiana Tech, I think BYU found, you know what, this is a better team than we anticipated coming in here, and guess what, it's only going to get tougher from here on out. You're going to have Houston this week. they got plenty of athletes. We saw that on display In their season opening win, especially in the trenches, they're going to be a tough test for BYU, and I hope that BYU's defensive and offensive lines just realize, you know what? The degree of difficulty is going up here. We're not going to have the field days we've had in the past. We've got Boise State coming up, we've got San Diego State, Texas State, okay, we'll leave that one there, but you don't know who else is going to be on the schedule. Maybe a UCF, who knows what it might be. They're going to be better athletes and better trench play from your opponents going forward here. And I think UTSA hopefully serves as a wake-up call for BYU on the interior of their offensive and defensive lines. All right, a couple other notes for you real quick here. BYU in the fly sweep, it's a hallmark of Jeff Grimes' tenure as the offensive coordinator at BYU, but I have to tell you what, they are struggling to understand when to put their foot in the ground and get upfield. Aleva Hifo was a master at this. He knew when he saw a hole, he just put his foot in the ground, pushed upfield, and gained the yardage he could get. A guy like Dax Milne needs to go back and watch the film of what Aleva did with the fly sweep and understand when there's a hole, and this goes for the entirety of BYU's wide receiving core, but Dax seems to be taking more of those fly sweeps, and they need to understand if there's a hole there, put your foot in the ground, drive upfield. You can't run laterally the entire length of the field and hope that something's going to break for you. If you see a hole, plant that foot in the ground. It's easier said than done. And then get upfield and gain whatever yardage you can get. I think it's something that BYU struggled with in this game. Other things. Defensively for BYU, I felt like they were absolutely stellar against the run. They slowed down what UTSA wanted to do running the ball. But Lowell Narcisse and the UTSA wide receivers... They found the holes in BYU's zone. There were some blown coverages, none bigger than Keenan Ellis allowing, uh, what was it, Brendan Dingle on that wide open touchdown pass from Narcisse. You can't have blown coverages. There's no doubt about it. But it felt like UTSA understood where the holes in BYU's coverage schemes were, and they exploited them. That should be a wake-up call once again for this BYU defense. You may need to adjust some things, and I'm sure they will. Kalani Satake, Elisa Tuiaki, and the rest of the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, they'll have to go back and work on some things here. But I think it was a good sign for them. They didn't go down to Houston and have Dana Holgerson in that air raid carve them up due to those holes in the zone. I think UTSA helped them realize, you know what? Maybe we're not as good as we thought we were in the secondary, and we need to tighten some things up. I think BYU also in this game uh, needs to be very careful in terms of their health going into this Houston game. Gunnar Romney was in a sling after the game in talking with some people around the program. I don't know what his status is going to be going into this Friday night. He did finish the game against uh, UTSA, and he was in a sling afterwards. Lorenzo Fawate left the game early. His leg was in a boot uh, midway through the game. I think it actually happened, or he left the game right after the early interception uh, for Frank Harris from UTSA. We never saw Lorenzo back in the game after that. There were some other guys that looked like Isaiah Kafusi took a major shot to the ribs. I'm sure he's got some sore ribs. We'll see if they protect him in that regard. But I felt like this was a game where BYU got pretty beat up, folks. And it's not great when you have to travel to Houston on a short week to have guys who are beat up. But I do think guys like James Ampey should be good to go this week. Hopefully, guys like Sione now. Who knows what's the status with Tristan Hodge? He's kind of in the window that his dad originally laid out of his potential return. Be nice to see see some of those guys get back onto the field, but I'm worried about BYU's overall healthiness going into Houston. Hopefully the guys get healed up and they'll be ready to go Friday night, but it is something to pay attention to, and we'll be covering it for you all week long and talking with our insiders about who's healthy, who's not, and what needs to be paid attention to with regards to that moving forward. All right, so there you go. Some of my takeaways from the game. But then the biggest takeaway from this is let's celebrate the win. Kalani talked about it after the game, said, you know what? We're going to celebrate every win. They're hard to come by, and they truly are. Any of you that have watched BYU for the past few years know how hard it's been for BYU to get wins. They're 4-0, folks. Let's celebrate that fact. We'll talk here in a moment about BYU moving up in the national rankings, my thoughts on it, and my thought of is BYU really a top 15 nationally ranked team? We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, another request for you guys. If you haven't done so already, leave us a rating and review what you like about the show on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening in from. I know that Spotify doesn't necessarily have the same feature that Apple does where you can really recommend podcasts. It'd be cool if they did. But regardless... Wherever you're listening in from, leave us a rating and review if you're able to do so, especially on Apple Podcasts. The vast majority of you who listen to the show still listen on Apple Podcasts. So if drop us a five-star rating and a review of what you like about the show, what you might want to improve, whatever it might be. And we will enter you guys in to win some of the BYU gear. I've still got my hands on. We did a giveaway last week. We'll do another one here in the near future. Those of you who have already left us a rating and review, you guys will be entered in for the next giveaway. Don't fret. We'll make sure that you guys are taken care of. But if you haven't done so already, leave us that rating and review. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, as we finish up today's show, BYU, as I mentioned earlier on, is down number 14 in the country, according to the AP poll and number 13 in the coaches poll. I put more stock in the Associated Press poll. I feel like it's more objective. It's not some sports information director who's had the responsibility dolt upon him due to his head coach saying, you know what, I don't want to do this. So you just fill it out and send it in for me. The press who do this, there are guys all over the country, Josh Furlong here locally who works for KSL.com is our local uh, voter for it. I think they do a better job. I think by and large, they all watch the games. They try and stay informed about what's going on. And BYU is now the number 14 team, according to the media in the country. That brings up the question, after BYU narrowly beats UTSA, are they really a top 15 team? I am inclined to say maybe not. I still think they're a top 20 team, but I think they're a back half of the top 20. So uh, 15 to 20 range. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, Top bottom half of the teens. I don't know how I'm supposed to describe that accurately, but apologies for the snafu on that. But I still feel like BYU is a top 20 team in the country. I think the nice part is there's teams around them losing. Good teams win games, folks. Let's be clear about that. BYU is 4-0. They have an unblemished record. And they're going to go up against Houston, Texas State, and Boise State over the next three weeks. If BYU gets through that and they are 7-0, they're probably knocking on the door of the top 10, if not inside of it. I'm not going to lie. That would be the opening week for the Pac-12. Obviously, the uh, Mountain West Conference will have started at that point. The Big Ten will be underway but I still feel like if BYU is 7-0 after facing off what should be an improved Houston team, it looks like, at least through one game, as well as Boise State, who should have played three games at that point, I'm telling you folks, if BYU makes a run here, they can find themselves a top-10 team. And then at that point, I feel like if BYU goes out and wins these games then I'm going to start believing in them as a top 10 team. As I said, I don't necessarily think they're top 15 right now. I think they're maybe in the 15 to 20 range. They're not too far away from where the national pollsters have them officially, but I still feel like good teams win football games, and that's what BYU is. They are a good football team i mean that uh one thing i want to pass along to you guys is cougar stats last night put this up here and said the byu's 175 points scored is the fifth most scored in the first four games of the season in school history they're combined 175 to 44 score during that span so they've scored 175 points they've given up 44 the margin of victory in that is the largest margin in school history this is a team who's very good. And the other teams on that list, folks, who have those point totals, 1977, they had a one seventy-seven points 177.4 against 49 points against. They finished that season 9-2. 2008, the last time BYU started a season 5-0, they actually went 6-0 before losing for the first time. 172 against 44. They finished that year 11-2. 1981, 182 against 57. Finished 11 and 2. 2001, of course, the infamous or the famous, uh, however you want to look at it, first year of Gary Croton's tenure, 201 points against 89 points. They finished that year 12 and 2. If this holds true, if history holds true, BYU should be putting together a pretty dang good season this year, folks. This is a good, good football program. I'm enjoying watching them play. They believe in one another. They got through a game where I felt like the flow was not there with the consistency of the play calling, the overall consistency of the play on the field on both offense and defense. They got through it, folks. I think that game against UTSA has this team realizing, you know what? We're not infallible. We're not going to walk on water all season long. And now we got to get back to work. Hopefully some of the national chatter dies down. Some of that poison is taken away and they can get back to work and get ready for a game against Houston this week. And I'm looking forward to covering it once again, but I'm telling you folks, this is a program who's going to win a lot of games this year. It looks like, and I'm hoping that we get to enjoy the ride all the way through and COVID, everything else with 2020, that needs to stay off to the side. Right now, BYU, focus on what you can focus on, control what you can control, and that is getting ready for the Houston Cougars and beating the boys in red this coming Friday night. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch if you want to follow me there. And feel free to email the show anytime you want. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. Recap of BYU's press conference availability tomorrow on the show and later on this week. Getting you ready for Houston against BYU. The Cougars against the Cougars should be a lot of fun. Have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 12th, 2020 you guys tomorrow.